Hey, this is Greg Knapp. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to bring in an author to help you get from where you were to where you want to be. This is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. I'm bringing in Douglas Bigliotti. He's a writer. I didn't know he was a writer. And he's authored two books, The Gap and The Salesperson Paradox. One ebook, Pumpernickel and Peanut Butter. We may have time to talk about that one. And he also writes articles about big ideas to help people live better. And that's at dvwriter.com. D as in dog, V as in Victor, writer.com. I've got that in the show notes. Don't worry. You can click on it later. He also curates a private reading list to help people maintain a reading habit. Isn't it nice to read? You talk to people that don't read. How can you not read? Leaders are readers, people. And whether it's an audiobook or really reading, let's get back to reading. He currently lives in New Haven, Connecticut. He's joining us now. Doug, how you doing? Greg, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Man, my pleasure. It's great to talk to somebody who is following what they love to do and helping other people do it too. You know, we talk about that all the time here on Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. So we're going to get into the gap. That's the book, the little space between what you know and don't know. And man, do we need that when we're trying to follow our passion and purpose. But before we even get into the book, I love to talk about people's stories because we remember stories, they inspire us. So what's your story of how you got to the point where you're a speaker, you're a author, you're a consultant about helping people get where they want to go and fill in the gap. How'd you do this? Yeah. So like anything, it's not a, it's not a direct line, right? Uh, you know, I started my professional career as a salesperson uh, and I've sold everything from, uh, I don't know, jewelry, financial services, uh, pharmaceutical products, medical devices, uh, you name it. I've sold myself, right? I've, I've sold a, a million things, right? And so I, you know, when I started the consulting company, I have a consulting company called Ground Up Sales. And when I started that back in 2016, uh, I started, I wrote the book, The Salesperson Paradox. And like a lot of people who, you know, I was utilizing it for a direct purpose of, you know, leverage you know putting myself as in a position of authority as someone who actually knew what the heck they were talking about but something funny happened as i wrote that book i realized that wait a minute you know i cared a lot more about the the writing process i cared a lot more about um the craft of writing the book and when people started accusing me almost of saying it's a business card book right like this is a, you know i i i i took, kind of took offense to it right because i i cared a lot about it and, and I slowly but surely realized that I had like this sneaking thing or this little thing that was building inside me where I really, really just enjoyed writing and I enjoyed um, the art of creation, something that was kind of foreign to me in a sense because my whole childhood um, was sports and then business uh, as I got into the professional, uh, in, into the professional world. And so it's not that you business and art don't mix, but the creation in its pure form of, of, of writing and, 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 and um, it, it just, it was, it was something that was kind of on the back burner, so to speak. And so one thing led to the next and without being too long winded, you know, I started to put more time into my blog. Uh, 
you know, I hired an editor as someone to help me along the journey um, of, of writing better and learning, uh, you know, storytelling techniques and, and all different stuff. And, and, and now, you know, I'm maintaining a, a full blog with three different columns that I, that I publish on a regular basis. Pu just publish this, you know, the, the gap I have, uh, you know, I published that ebook, Pumpernickel and Peanut Butter. I'm working on my next book now. And so I'm just kind of blossomed into this, into this, uh, on this writing journey, so to speak. Uh, and it happened just little iteration after iteration and not by intention at, at all. And, you know, that's why I say I'm a writer that didn't know I was a writer. I love it because we talk about all the time how to find your purpose, that there's no one way. Like some people literally, it's like they got struck by lightning when they're five years old and they know what they want to do and they do it all their life. And every day is a joy to wake up and do what they love to do. I envy those people. Sometimes I hate those people. But <laughs> most of us, we kind of stumble along for a while trying different things. And, 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 and when we're trying even to find that purpose, we stumble along. And like you said, it's not a direct line. And so you used some of your experiences then you started doing some things and then, hey, I kind of like this and I kind of feel like this is good for me. And you kept doing it and, and you kept putting more effort into it. And then you say, yeah, this is this is pretty cool for me. I'm pretty passionate about this. This could be what I'm really supposed to be doing. And now you've written a few books and you keep going and you're and you're using your experiences and your writing to help other people. And that feeds you. So I just love how sometimes it just evolves and you can't think I should just sit here thinking until this purpose opens up in front of me and then everything will be rainbows and unicorns. You have to try stuff. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, follow, share wherever you listen to the podcast and tell three friends about it. You can get my free book at gregorybnap.com. Gregorybnap.com. Yeah, no, totally. And I, mean, I think one of the most essential concepts to to really engage with in, in that in uh, in that manner and along that philosophy is uh, learning to quit things, right? I mean, you're, you're yes. gonna you're gonna you're gonna stop and start a lot, uh, and 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 you can't let that deter you from starting, right? You gotta you gotta quit what you you know. It, it's the whole thing of quit what's not right for you and then grit out the right things, right? And so it's you know along the way, I know on my personal journey. I, you know, I, I stop and start a, a lot of different things, I, you know, and so, um, and it's just, you know, you, you, it, it's, I, I guess we can, we can kind of, I could parlay this right in, in, into what the gap is all about. And, and the gap is the idea that, you know, you're, you're going from something that you, that you, you know, but by definition, there's a lot of things that we don't know. And no matter what you want to do in this world or what, you know, finding your passion or finding your purpose being one of them. There's a lot that you, you, right now you're starting at a starting point and that starting point is whatever it is. By definition, there's a lot of things that you don't know. And so to cross, so to, to, to narrow that gap, you have to do it little iteration after iteration, you know, stepping stone by stepping stone. And that's, a, that's essential. And so people always ask, well, what makes the gap small? Well, well the gap isn't small initially. It could be, it actually looks very daunting, but what makes it small is the idea that you're closing it chunk by chunk, little by little, iteration after iteration. And that's kind of what we, we, we were alluding to right there. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. I also liked what you said about quitting things. 
Um, I actually wrote a, a one podcast that said, before you quit, read this because you don't want to quit too soon. And then my very next one was, hey, you need to quit more. <laughs> you know, you can't start something new if you're already filled up with all the other stuff you're doing. So if you if you never stop the stuff that you shouldn't be doing, how can you start the stuff that you should be doing? And so the way in my mind that you flip between I'm a quitter or I'm just stopping something, quitters just stop because it's too hard and they just give up. Well, yeah. that's that's different than stopping. Stopping is you've decided this isn't for me. And I tried it and I said I was going to do this for six months and I did it and it's not good for me and this isn't what I want to do. So I'm going to stop doing that in order to engage in this other thing that I think might be better. That That's okay. Quitting just because I don't feel like it is is what we use to call quitting. Yeah, no, t totally. And, and so, I, you know, I, I actually, you know, I think it's going to differ for everybody, but on a, from a personal level, on a personal level, I'll, I, tip it, I usually do stuff in... Uh, four-month increments. So I, I, I evaluate in April, August, and December. And, you know, so no matter what I decide, you know, whatever direction I decide I'm going to go uh, strategically with whatever I'm doing, uh, whether it's with the blog or with a long-term project or with a client or, or, or whatever it may be, you know, you, you give it that ample amount of time. So that way you can you can, you, you, it's, it's like a testing period, right? And that, that's a whole nother thing is, is when you're starting something to look, to understand that you're testing it just as much as you're starting it, because you don't want to overcommit too early, because if you overcommit too early, then you might fall victim to sunk cost fallacy, right? Where you're going to, you're going to, you're going to feel like you've sunk so much into it that you have to keep going. So if you have like a set amount of time, where you're going to, you already know you have an evaluation coming up on whether you're going to continue doing this thing or you're going to um, tweak it. Um, that becomes really important. And not, not just because of the sunk cost fallacy, but because you're gonna, there's going to be a lot of noise that happens within those four months. You're going to meet people at a conference. You're going to meet people uh, that are going to suggest that you do things this way and that you have it this way. And all that becomes noise, becomes really, really noisy. And you could change your direction a million times inside of that four-month period. But if you give yourself that set time period just to do it, you could stay focused during that, those stretches of time. And I've just found for me that it's a, four months is a, good, is a good length in time. But for any, it could be a month, it could be 30 days, I mean, uh, it could, 30 days a month, same thing. It could be 50, I don't, whatever, that, that's totally up to whatever kind of gap you're trying to close, right? Or whatever your objective is that you're, you're trying to do or, or, or thing you're trying to implement in your life. Yeah, Doug, that is awesome. I love that. I want to talk about that more in just a second. Doug Vigliotti is who we're talking with. The book is called The Gap, The Little Space Between What You Know and Don't Know. And that idea of saying, hey, I'm trying this for X amount of time, whatever it is for you, whatever you've decided, because then you can just say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can for this amount of time and then evaluate. And that frees you up so much from thinking, oh, am I putting enough in? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? And like you said, that that whole thing of sinking in too much time, effort and money. I love the story of the Concord, which is the Concord never made money. It always lost money, and yet they kept pouring money into it because of the amount of money they'd already poured into it until they finally retired the Concord because they're like, well, we spent so much money, we got to make it work, and, and it never really worked 
I mean, it flew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It didn't make money for him like they thought it would. And that's become like the image of don't let your idea become the Concord. You've got to figure it out before you feel like there's no way out. I think that's great. So so let's get more into the book here, Doug. Let's say I, I figured, all right, this is what I want to do. Maybe it's a product, a service, consulting, speaking, online, offline, whatever it is. You say, I'm really good at this. I feel passionate about this. I know I can help people with this. I know people want what I have. But I'm not sure how to do it all. That's that space from where you are to where you want to be. What's the first thing that they should do? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's the, so, so I think the, the better place to start there is it's not the first thing that they should do. It's the first thing that they're going to do. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to try to learn more about it. Right. I mean, they're going to try to, they're going to try to engage with what I call in the book specialists and gatekeepers, gatekeepers being people whose approval you seek through the, whatever you're trying to do and specialists being the people who are, you are relying on for information. Right. And, and you're going you're gonna to engage with content and you're going you're gonna to learn from these people. And so, you know, I always say that once you understand more about the gap that you're trying to close or whatever, you know, the goal that you're trying to meet and you're engaging and learning that new information, it's really, really important to find out, the, find out or find specialists that you trust, that you actually can rely on. And, and, and how do you do that, right? And how do you do that? Because there's so much information that's coming at us in today's environment on an internet where anyone could be a specialist or anybody could be an expert on literally anything and you wouldn't know the difference. It's, and so this is what I, you know, I leave the book off with, with the, the concept of worldviews. And worldviews are very, very dynamic. It's a very dynamic macro concept, right? It's, it's the idea that like, I look at the world from the way, however I look at it, and you look at the world from the way you look at it. And, 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 and that is really, really important. It's a very basic thing, but it's really important to understand because there's no two people on, in this world who have the same compounded experiences. So when Gregory Knapp writes something or when Doug Bigliotti writes something, we're, we, may, we may have similar, we may, it may be similar, but we're coming, we may, we're, we're coming at it from two completely different worldviews. I grew up the way I grew up. I had friends in certain industries. I had a, you know, you, I have my story, you have yours, and we may have different ideologies in different parts of our lives. And all of that is really, really un, is important to understanding the, the content that you're trying to understand because what that's going to help you understand as a learner is intention. And you're going to understand why the person is telling you whatever they're telling you and no matter what in whatever gap they're closing. And understanding why is incredibly more important than just the what and the how, because the why is what's transferable. Yeah, and I really like the idea of finding those gatekeepers and specialists and how can they help you and how can they hurt you? Because you could have a gatekeeper that tries to keep you out of doing what you wanna do and you have to evaluate, is that because I'm really not ready to do this or is it simply because these people are jerks and how can I go around these gatekeepers? Because with so much that we have today, like if I'm a musician, back in the day, you had to get somebody to quote, discover you, right? Well, now totally. you go on YouTube and Spotify and, and put up your own songs and the audience can discover you and you can build this audience by giving away some of your songs, doing some free concerts, doing whatever. 
And all of a sudden, I'm going around these record companies now. I've created 10,000 fans on YouTube. I can actually go on tour now and make money without you guys. Right? Totally. And you couldn't do that before. And But yet you still might want a specialist who says, look, I've taken a band from nothing and gotten them on a tour where they made a couple hundred grand. And, and he can show you how to do that in a much quicker way than if you're trying to do it and stumble around, right? So, so two things there. One, we'll pull it right back to the our, our original, how we originally started this conversation. Test your specialists, test your gatekeepers. You know, if, if you, if you, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, I've done plenty of free, freelance uh, work. I've had to hire plenty of other freelancers. I give testing periods, right? It's a 90 day testing period where, yeah, you're going to get your fee for doing whatever you're doing for me, but we're going to, we know that after 90 days, we're going to be evaluating whatever that is, right? Because that way we both know that that's built in. So then we can, you, you, again, it's the same idea as the, the four month stretch when you're trying to implement new things into your life. So test your specialist. You know, you don't have to formally do it, but, but test them, right? And then the other thing that you had mentioned there was, was about the musicians. And, you know, it's funny, in, in the book with Gatekeepers, I utilize the example of Johnny Carson. So back in this, you know, back when Johnny Carson was, um, you know, when Johnny Carson was, you know, the IT television show, the IT Tonight Show, or the, you know, the, the, the late night show, every, com every comedian was looking to get on the Johnny Carson show. That was, he, he was the gatekeeper for comedians. Uh, so, you know, it, I'm not, so in the book, I, you know, that, that's a very, that's a very easy, it's a very easy idea to understand that, look, there was once gatekeeper in that industry. I think now what ends up happening is we choose our gatekeepers, but we don't even, we're not even aware that we're choosing them. So we, we, we we're deferring to people for information. We'll call it radio stations, call it newspapers, call it online publications. We're deferring to these people and we don't even realize that we have created these gatekeepers of information in our lives. They're funneling the information to us. And, and so we don't, it's not that we're not, a, it's not that we, there are no more gatekeepers anymore because there are, right? We still have some gatekeepers, although access has completely changed as you alluded to. But I just think we're less aware today than ever before that we are choosing gatekeepers in our life. Hey, I'm talking with Douglas Vigliotti. The book is The Gap, the little space between what you know and don't know. And I, I like that idea of there are still gatekeepers. Maybe we are creating them in our own minds uh, where sometimes, well, I'm not as good as this person, so I shouldn't be able to launch this. Right. Why, why would anybody want to buy what I have to sell? Why would anyone buy the book that I'm writing? Somebody else has already written a book about this and they're more famous than me. So we set up our own gates and our own minds over what we're going to allow ourselves to do. And that goes to what you were talking about with your worldview too, right? How you were raised, what kind of thoughts you have about yourself. And we've got to get that straight if we're really going to get to where we want to go. Totally. And so you could see kind of how all this stuff funnels together because it, 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 in the book, it, it, I, I'm very clear or I'd like to be clear is that it, it's not a prescription. It's, it's more a directive, right? It's going to kind of direct you and where you, you think you, you, you know, to kind of think about these topics in your own way and in your own life, as opposed to saying, this is what you have to do. And that's my intention because the closing any gap. And as we alluded to, as we started this conversation, it's not a direct line. It doesn't happen 
just by one, you know, doing this one thing, one singular solution. In, in fact, that violates one of the biggest gap principles I talk about in the book, which is the outcome fallacy, right? The idea that one outcome or one thing is going to solve all your problems or one thing is going to make all your dreams come true. The reality is that 99% of your life is lived in the process. You know, you, you, no matter what it is, no matter the championship game you win, no matter what it is, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to have to go back to the process again. It might be a different process, but you're going to go back to the process because outcomes only exist in glimpses. So it gets, we're trying to get away from that idea of one single solution. And that's why giving any, this is the way you do it, prescription inside the book, uh, I felt was going to kind of deter Dieter, the overall message of what I was trying to convey. Yeah, so it's not here's A, B, C, D, E, exactly how you do it, but you do give strategies and you do give ideas to get this thing rolling, right? So let's, let's give a couple quick wins here on some of those strategies you talk about that you could try to start moving to where you want to go, right? Yeah, so I think one of the big ones uh, one of the big strategies that I, that, I, that I talk about in the book is, is challenging certainty. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, uncertainty is one of the surest things that I, <laughs> that I can, I, I, you know, that I can talk about in this world today is, is everything is incredibly uncertain and that could be either motivating or demotivating. And I choose to look at it from the positive perspective because when things are uncertain, you realize that they're just not as important as you think they are, right? And so you could, it, it should, what, what that means is it should inspire, you should realize that you could do whatever you're going to do and nobody's going to care about it as much as you, as you think they're going to care about it. In fact, they're probably going to forget about it and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like it didn't even exist. So the idea of and going back to the process, you, that's why doing things and focusing on the process and doing them over and over and over again become more important than any single solution. But let's go back to this certainty piece. Let's go back to that certainty piece. So when you encounter specialists, right, or when you encounter gatekeepers, they're gonna be, they're gonna advocate advice to you. They're gonna advocate strategies to you. I say, I always say, challenge the overly certain. Because the, when you challenge the overly certain, and what I mean by challenge the overly certain is, you have to find out who's willing to articulate the downside of their advice to you. Because if you don't have people that are willing to articulate the downside of their advice, they either haven't thought it through enough or they're hiding it from you. Either one of those things is bad because there's always a downside to the advice. It's trade-offs one-on-one. Whenever you do one thing, something it, it in, invariably creates an effect somewhere else. So you have to understand how that's gonna, what's gonna happen in your life. If you go all in on writing in your life, what else is gonna, what else are you gonna have to give up to go all in on writing? There's, it's not a, you know, it's not just because I found this and I love it. Now all of a sudden I can just do it. I could, but what does that mean? Where, where is my time going, right? So it's always trying to challenge certainty because you have to engage with specialists who are willing to talk about the downside just as much as they're willing to talk about the upside. They haven't thought it through or they're not telling you the full truth and you need to find out which one that is if you're going to work with them. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, follow, share wherever you listen to the podcast and tell three friends about it. You can get my free book at GregoryBnap.com. GregoryBnap.com. Find your purpose. Live your passion. 
let's go.